Welcome to episode 208 of Crack the Customer Code. The customer revolution has begun, and Jeannie and Adam have your marching orders. Can we predict how someone will behave in the future? What if we don't have fancy predictive analysis technology and all that comes with that? I predict that you're going to say, yes, we can. <laughs> you know me, the forever optimist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Jenny, just to let you know, you know, past behavior is no indication of future behavior. Or Says who? is it? You, you, buried, <laughs> you buried the punchline. I'm like, or is it? <laughs> you know, a lot of people think that it is. That's a lot of people conduct their interview, their job interviews based on past behavior to predict future behavior. Well, the reality is that it is usually the best indicator we have because who can predict the future? Right. Exactly. I mean, that's what we have. We have the past to go and we look for patterns and we try to extrapolate those patterns and that may or may not be accurate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think this comes up in customer experience because there is a challenge where we only know the customer for the timeline that we know them. And so we don't have all the insight into their past behaviors. But I think there are some ways that we can determine how they will behave in the customer journey that's put in front of them. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, you can do it the, the newfangled way or the old-fangled <laughs> way, right? <laughs> sort yeah, of. The, the newfangled way with the artificial intelligence and predictive analytics and all those fun things, which are awesome. But, you know, unless you're a, a very large company, sometimes that's not in the cards. It's not quite in the budget, the CX budget. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, you know, I think it'll follow the same path that, uh, you know, CRM did. Mm -hmm. I think eventually there'll be software as a service and there'll be ways to do it for smaller organizations that are on other people's platforms that are on, you know, pay per month kind of platforms and things like that. But mm -hmm. it's still very enterprise level right now. Yep, I agree. But I think it's important to remember that the point of it is to predict the future behavior so that you can react to that so that you can help your customers through the journey so that you can make things uh, easier for them where there might be some, you know, friction. And so I think that looking at some of their behavior, no matter what insights you have, is super important. And so while predictive analytics and things like that, they're amazing, you're data can still show you whatever data you have, it can show you how a customer likes to behave. So it can tell you if they prefer to order through a mobile app. Um, it can tell you if you're a storefront, you know, how often do they come to your store? Some people don't even know that and making note of those things and really understanding behavior that tells you, okay, well, so and so and, and that type of customer likes to come into my store once a month. So I better make sure that I have new things for them to see once a month um, because otherwise they're going to get bored and not show up as much. So it's not as complex as sometimes I think we make it. Yeah, I would agree. I think that one of the things you can look to is sort of the standard stuff we've always done, demographics, et cetera, mm -hmm. age. Uh, but and then you can sort of try to take that to another level and you can do this in a small business still which is to ask better questions around those things. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'll use a big company as an example where this is a case where a small business can learn from a big company. I just uh, shared on my uh, email list 
a story about how Netflix is using data. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, they're obviously they're one of the masters in data. They've, I mean, they've tr- they're truly at the forefront of how to use data uh, to predict customer behavior and to guide product choices and things like that. And one of the things they've done is they've essentially gotten rid of the traditional demographic factors, hmm. because in their business, and that's the thing I want to underline in their business, they're fine. They've found that there's very little correlation, meaning. If somebody down the street from you liked the Martian, that doesn't mean you like the Martian. There are other right. things that are a better indication of what you'll like, and that's usually based on buying behavior, uh, you know, watching behavior uh, mm-hmm. patterns, right? Mm-hmm. So they've found that those traditional demographics ha- don't work for them in most ways. So if you're looking at it from a small business perspective, you can sort of look at, okay, let's analyze what these demographics really mean to our business and just use logic because as soon as you, as soon as I heard that from Netflix, you know, hopefully as soon as you heard me repeat it, Mm -hmm. it goes, yeah, that makes sense. It really doesn't have a lot to do with TV now politics. Okay. That may be a little more demographic based, right? Mm -hmm. Food, certain types of food could be very demographic based, but when you think of like TV shows or movies, so one thing is take these demographics and apply them uh, you know, through sort of this, I don't know what to call it, but I, basically a logic filter, right? <laughs> Just go, <laughs> what, what, real, what, what, what commonalities do I see among my customer base? What trends so, do I see? Right. And, and that filter is in, in demand right now. <laughs> a lot of folks don't have that logic filter. <laughs> good reminder. <laughs> yes. Use the logic filter. Trade, trademark 2017. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think sometimes what I see is that we look at data as something that is interesting, that is something that um, we can analyze like something that happened in the past. But your example is great because it's really talking about, okay, what did we actually learn from this past behavior? And the demographics thing might come into play in areas that you're not thinking of. And one area that comes to mind is customer service. So if you have a certain demographic, um, this could be age, this could be uh, geography, this could be all sorts of things, but a certain segment might really like calling somebody and talking to them. And another segment might really like videos on YouTube to show them how to work through a problem. And if you're not really paying attention to those different groups, then you're going to offer the next step in the journey to the wrong group. So you're going to say to those people who like videos, call our customer service line, and they're going to be upset, and vice versa. And a super small example of this was there was a client in Oklahoma, and they found that once they expanded, it was a bank, and once they expanded to more than one branch, people did not want to call a different area code. Even though it was still in the state, they didn't trust it, this certain group of people. <laughs> so what they had to do, because they centralized their customer service lines, what they had to do was create different phone numbers so that people would feel comfortable calling their local, quote unquote, customer service rep. And it was great because they really paid attention to it. They started asking, what can we do? What, you know, are you comfortable with this? And they were really listening to customers saying things like, well, I used to be able to do this. I used to be able to walk into my branch and talk to my teller. I used to be able to call there directly. 
So they started putting those past behaviors together with how they developed their customer journey for the future. And they were able to live up to those expectations that these people had. Well, that's interesting. You know, hotels do that a lot, right? You, yeah. you go to the website and you have the local number and you mm-hmm. obviously are going to a national booking thing. And, yeah. and no, I mean, I get it. But at this point, I just want to let all the hotels know I'm on to your game. <laughs> I know I'm not talking yes. to the local. I'm like, how's the weather there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And hospitals are starting to do that even. So you call a hospital and you think you're calling the hospital and you're actually calling their centralized phone bank somewhere who can patch you through to the right people. So in these huge healthcare systems. So it's it that stuff makes sense. But yeah, I, I'm with you, Adam. I think we're on to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know, you brought up a really great point when we were discussing the episode beforehand, which was, you know, one type of future behavior you can look to is the frequency of contact. Yep. So I mean, that's a true because that is based on a behavior as opposed mm-hmm. to a demographic status such as age yes. or geography. Uh, so, you know, one thing that predicts behavior better than what you are is how you behave. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> actions, actions speak louder than anything else. Yeah, exactly. for sure. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a great point because you look, that's always something any business can look at. Yeah. It's and bi- not only j- just the business overall, but even like if I, if I'm an account manager for big accounts, I'm going to pay attention to that. Like, have I heard from my client lately? Has, has the frequency of contact dropped? That's concerning. You should pay attention to that. Um, that might be the, that they're drifting away from you because that's what often happens. They don't, customers more often drift away silently than storm out in a, in a dramatic fashion. I mean, except for you, Adam, most of us (laughs) (laughs) don't leave with a flourish. (laughs) That's my, that's my rep. I'm dramatic. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you're known for. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, that's hilarious hopefully hopefully the people in this podcast know better (laughs) just saying well they can look up and see your you know crazy exotic clothing and your mohawk and everything and (laughs) they'll understand that you have a sense of drama yes Uh, whenever genie gets a chance to apply an instagram filter to my picture that's that's when i'm dramatic oh i can't wait i can't wait Uh, don't don't do it my face my face is trademarked too nice (laughs) trademark 2017 (laughs) anyways you know what i think i predict that it's time to go (laughs) i don't know if that really works We're, we're guiding we're guiding our listeners through their customer journey and yeah we we hope that you think about this a little bit and figure out ways that past behavior of your customers can help you predict not only where they're going, but what they actually want from that. So you can react to that and build the experience truly around what your customers want to do with you. And you know what else I'm going to predict, Jeannie? I'm going to predict that you're going to thank our listeners. (laughs) Wow, you're good at this. (laughs) Uh Thank you. Thank you, listeners, so much for being here with us on Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of the C-Suite Radio family. If you like C-Suite Radio, then check out C-Suite TV and watch in-depth interviews with business content for C-Suite leaders and entrepreneurs. And it's all on demand. Get insider secrets by going to csuitetv.com. And, of course, make sure you learn more about Adam at customersthatstick.com. And you can find Jeannie at 360connects.com. That is E-X-T. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.